0: Have you seen the movie, The Sandlot? Came out in 1993, about a group of boys growing up in the 60s, playing baseball. That's one of my all-time favorite movies. I love that movie, The Sandlot. The, the, The lead character in the movie, Scotty Smalls, wants one thing more than anything else. You know what it is? He wants acceptance. He wants to be accepted by this group of boys that he started palling around with. And he wants to be accepted by his new stepdad. He wants acceptance and we are no different. (laughs) We all want acceptance. That's what I wanna talk to you about today. If you've got your Bibles, open them to John chapter 13. John 13 is what we're gonna look at today. While you're doing that, I wanna take a moment and welcome uh, our brothers and sisters in Christ from North Terre Haute Christian Church who are joining us today. Um, Chapel Rock need to let you know that you've got an extra church Uh, joining you. Their body is not quite as uh, large as ours, um, and they're so busy pouring their effort and energy into their community that they just didn't have the time or resources to spin up, you know, all this stuff. And so uh, North Terhote Christian Church, welcome. Uh, We're glad that you're you're, uh, logged in with us today. Um, Let me give you an update on where things stand for Chapel Rock. Our building is on total lockdown. Uh, There is nobody here. If you call, it gets transferred to one of our ministry assistants' homes to take that call. Uh, The only thing happening in our building until this uh, mandate is lifted is our food pantry and it's not even in the building. It's on the property. It's a drive-through. There's nobody here. The staff are all working remotely with one exception. I will probably be in the office for two reasons. Number one, I kind of feel like that's my responsibility. Uh, And number two, if the rest of the staff is gone and I'm here. I'm actually around fewer people <laughs> than if I work from home. So uh, <laughs> well, that'll continue to be the case until this mandate is lifted. Uh, in light of that, I want to take a moment and just say thank you to all of you who have just in the last couple weeks started giving online. Thank you so much. Or taken the time and effort to mail your offering um, to the church. Uh, we are so grateful uh, that you've done that. I got a w- wonderful email from our, our financial uh, ministry assistant uh, just letting us know that we had a great, strong offering last week. Thank you. We, it, just, it becomes even more critical that, uh, that you do that during this time, partly because we had an unplanned expense. I know some of you had trouble last week uh, catching the stream. Maybe you had to catch it on Wednesday night, and I'm grateful for our team that enabled us to, to rebroadcast Wednesday evening. We are in the process of switching live streaming providers this week. Hopefully, you're watching this uh, with our new provider. Uh, We had to buy some hardware. There was an increased cost in that. And so, your faithful giving that you can do at chapelrock.org slash give is, is even more important to help us continue to do ministry at a high level. Thank you so much. Now, something I'm really excited to talk about. Um. We wanna obey the, uh, the mandate from our governor to not gather in large groups uh, and be around a lot of people. But my heart is eager to be with you on Easter Sunday. Um, I know that our president is hopeful that this mandate will lift by then. Um, I, I, I think that that's probably not a realistic hope. And even if it were, I'm not sure it's safe. Uh, And so we've got people among our body your brothers and sisters who should not be in large crowds And I know that your heart is eager to be with God's people on Easter as mine is So here's what we're going to do on Easter Sunday. We're going to do drive-in church. All right, here's what this looks like Um, We're gonna we're gonna gather together on our property, but you will stay in your car if the weather's good you crack a window get a nice fresh breeze in there it may rain we don't we have no idea uh we might have to adjust last minute but you'll stay in your car you're not allowed to come in the building so you know go before you go uh you can't you got to stay in your car all right uh the service will be a little bit shorter because of that so probably 40 45 minutes when you come pull onto the lot there'll be a parking attendant we'll temporarily re-chalk the parking lot we'll have an elevated stage so everybody can see um you know the, we'll have the audio will be transmitted over the radio so if your car if you have to leave it running to listen to the radio you'll need to bring another radio or something to listen in your car we're going to try to be together on easter sunday a little bit shorter service at our regular times 9 15 and 11. Uh, you'll be directed where you need to park and uh, and we can at least see each other we can at least wave uh, but still practice safe social distancing by virtue of being in our own individual cars okay Today, we are concluding a series that we've been in for several weeks now called Mind Blown where we're looking at the passages in John's Gospel where Jesus just blew people's minds. Next week, we're going to start a brand new series called You Need to Hear This, and it's just some of the messages that God's been putting on my heart about what to share during this global pandemic. But right now, uh, we're going to finish this up today uh, by talking about this idea of acceptance, just like in the Sandlot, just like Scotty desperately wanted to be accepted. And if you need something to do while you're quarantined, I would encourage you to find that movie, watch that with your family. Great, great family film we're going to talk about uh, Jesus' radical acceptance of his disciples and what that means for us. What I want to do is just walk through this passage together. I just want us to to read this text together this morning and, and we'll talk about what it means for us, okay? Look with me at John 13, starting in verse 1. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world... He loved them to the end. Now this is where John turns the corner. This is right before Jesus. This is the night before uh, he he dies on the cross in our place for our sins. Jesus knows that he's about to die. And what's he do? He shows his disciples just how much he loves them. In fact, the text says he loved them, uh, literally what it says in the Greek is into the end. Where it says he loved them to the end in the NIV, it's literally into the end. And that was a Greek idiom or expression that meant to the extreme, to the uttermost, as far as you could possibly go. That's how far Jesus loves his disciples. And what this means is that Jesus not only did not stop loving them as the the end of his life approached, (laughs) Rather, he loved them passionately. He loved them intentionally. He loved them with his whole heart. The one thing he wanted to leave his disciples with the night before he was to give his life on the cross for them was his extreme acceptance and love for them. In fact, forms of the word love appear only about six times in the first half of the Gospel of John. But they appear more than 31 times in the second half. As Jesus nears the end of his life, more and more and more, he begins talking about love. He begins talking about this idea of of welcoming, radical hospitality, welcoming someone into his presence. Here's how he shows it. Look with me at John 13, verse 2. The evening meal was in progress. That was wrapped around him. Jesus and his disciples are gathered for what will be their last supper together. (laughs) See what I did there? Satan is bearing down. Betrayal is heavy in the air. And Jesus, as the divine Son of God, knows that Judas will betray him. In fact, you, as the reader of John's Gospel, you know that Judas will betray him because every single time John mentions Judas, he says that he's the one who betrayed Jesus long before this night happened. Jesus knows that Judas is going to betray him, but what's he do? He washes feet. I, I'll never forget the day that this Realization dawned on me. Jesus washed the feet of the man who betrayed him. Judas had his feet washed. (laughs) Jesus blows our minds. He blew their minds with how much he wanted to be in relationship with him. And in doing that, he modeled three things. Here's the first thing Jesus modeled about acceptance. First of all, that acceptance is humble acceptance is humble. In showing his disciples the essence of hospitality, Jesus teaches that acceptance is humble. Now, to understand what's going on in this passage, you have to understand the the culture, all right? You've got to get what's going on here. Now, understand that Palestine, um, even today and certainly in Jesus' time, was a hot climate. These uh, men uh, walked almost exclusively on dirt roads wearing sandals. Now, church, I want you to think about this. <laughs> what happens when you take off your sandals at the end of a long, hot summer day, right? <sighs> ah, you gag a cockroach. That's gross. It stinks. So it was part of ancient hospitality when you would go into someone's house to uh, wash your feet. If it was a special sign of, of welcome to have uh, someone wash your feet for you, all right? And typically that was the job of the the lowest servant in the house, all right? So the washing of feet is not just a necessary function. It's part of ancient hospitality. It's how you show welcome and acceptance. So why does Jesus do it? (laughs) If it's the job of the lowest servant, why is he the one doing it? Well, because nobody else wanted to. Jesus could have commanded that it be done, and that would have shown them that he's meeting the expectations of ancient hospitality. But when he wraps the towel around his own waist and stoops down, And lowers himself and washes his feet washes their feet himself he's showing them that acceptance is humble it's servant-hearted one of my favorite stories about a professor of mine named dr jeff snell when he when he taught uh, at ozark christian college um he's at johnson uh, now but he used to teach at ozark and uh it's one of my favorite stories that he tells I just, a few weeks ago, had to, got to go back to Ozark for a preaching teaching convention. It was great. And part of preaching teaching convention is they have a kid's uh, program so that parents can bring their little ones and they can put them in the kid's area. And they always need help. And so they recruit the students who are part of the children's ministry, you know, youth ministry majors to work. But they need more help than just those that number of majors. So they kind of put a plea out. And there's a kid, and I don't remember what his major was. It was probably preaching. Um, but he... Uh, He he said to Dr. Snell, when Snell was trying to recruit them in a preaching class, like, hey, we need some of you guys to come help uh, work in the nursery. And this student, kind of cocky and arrogant, said, I did not come to Bible college to learn how to change diapers. Dr. Snell reached out and grabbed him by the collar and pulled him in close and said, Oh, yes, you did. That's ministry. That's what it's about, acceptance is humble. The humble love of Jesus is is something else, something totally foreign to an unredeemed nature. Think about this, the king of glory, the creator of the universe washes our dirty feet. He's telling us, you are welcome here. I welcome you. I accept you. Church, I'll tell you, that's one reason that having a greeting time on Sunday morning is so important to me. Um, I know that for those of you you, introverts, (laughs) you might be loving this right now. (laughs) Like, this is great. And and I know that not everybody digs the, the stand up and greet time. But I see that in the person of Jesus. This kind of humble welcome and by doing that on Sunday church um, we're able to say to people who come in who maybe aren't sure that they're wanted and welcome here no you you are welcome you are wanted I see you I welcome you that's what Jesus is doing for his disciples here in a very very humble way And this kind of acceptance just blows our minds as Peter's response indicates Jesus comes to wash Peter's feet. He's horrified. He's repulsed by it. Look at this with the, in John 13, verse 6. He, Jesus, came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not now realize what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. See, we first learned that acceptance is humble. The second thing that Jesus models for us here is that acceptance is total. Biblical acceptance, the kind that just blows our mind, this welcome, this love of other, cannot be done part way. There's no half acceptance. Here's Jesus expressing unconditional, total acceptance, and Peter shoves him away. Have you ever noticed how hard it is to hug a stiff kid? That's tough. (laughs) But Jesus doesn't give up. He doesn't pull back. Like we tend to do when our love is rejected. Jesus knows that Peter doesn't understand. He says, you you don't realize what I'm doing here, Peter. Jesus knows how hard it is for us to understand his love for us, but he just keeps loving. He loves to the extreme. Why? Because his acceptance of us is total. It's complete. It's comprehensive. Peter doesn't get it. So Jesus says, you'll understand after these things. Literally, He says, you'll get it later. Literally, what he says in Greek is, you'll understand after these things. Well, what are the these things? Well, the things would be Peter's struggle to follow Jesus over the next 72 hours. You see, within, within the next 12 hours, Peter will deny he even knows Jesus three times. He'll start swearing to do it. He'll take an oath. I don't bleep and know the man. See, like Peter, we may not understand the acceptance of Jesus. But his love will keep coming at us in various ways and through all the various things that we have to deal with in this life. Listen, there's nothing in your life that can remove you from the love of Jesus. That's what Paul writes about in Romans 8. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. His love and acceptance of you is total. And love that that doesn't withdraw in the face of resistance (laughs) is awful hard to resist. Right now, though, Peter just can't accept it. And that theme has woven itself through all the great, not, not all, much of the great literature of Western world. I heard a story about two men. Jason was a cop, good cop with a good record. And part of what made him so good was he had this rigid code of right and wrong. <laughs> for Jason's entire career, he was pursuing a man named John. John was an ex-con who'd gone straight and eventually did really well for himself. But Jason was convinced that John had not really reformed and that this was all an act And so he spent years of his life trying to catch John doing something wrong so he could put him back in jail. Time and time again, though, John eluded him. He did the right thing. After years and years of this, Jason follows John into a bar and confronts him. Essentially, he picks a fight. (laughs) The two men fight. John has the opportunity to kill Jason, a justified self-defense, and instead he lets him go. He shows him mercy. And this mercy shatters Jason's rigid code of right and wrong. John's mercy threatens to undo Jason's control of his life. It begins to drive him crazy. And in a tragic twist, he drowns himself in a river. He just couldn't handle acceptance. Some of you think, thinking, wow, that sounds like a powerful story. It is. It's Victor Hugo's Les Miserables. <laughs> Maybe some of you watching right now are struggling... With the idea that Jesus accepts you just as you are. Remember, he washed Judas' feet too. Maybe you feel like you've gone too far. You've denied Jesus too many times. Let me tell you this. That's a lie. <laughs> Jesus' acceptance of you is total. I will tell you why I'm not afraid right now in this time of pandemic. And it, it's not because of foolishness. It's because I trust in the total acceptance of Jesus, that he died in my place, on the cross, for my sins, completely accepting me for who I am, warts and all, to redeem me, to put his spirit in me, and make me more like him, make me fit and ready for heaven. I'm not afraid right now, church, because I trust in the total acceptance of Jesus. And if you don't know that, you're going to have an opportunity to Receive that later. We'll talk about what that looks like. Listen, there's nowhere you can go where Jesus doesn't accept you. And here's how I know that. Look with me again at John 13, verse 9. Jesus says, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. In verse 8, verse 9, then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. (laughs) Jesus answered, those who've had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that is why he said not everyone is clean. Here's the final lesson. Here's the, the last thing that Jesus models for us is that acceptance is simple. A few moments ago, Peter is resistant. He's pushing back on Jesus. <laughs> he Kind of has a tendency to do that. I don't know if you've noticed. As you read the Gospels, you ought to count how many times Peter says to Jesus, no, Lord. <laughs> He's like, dude, you don't, do you know who you're talking to? Peter pushes back. Now, he's insistent. You know, what's going on here? Well, Peter is doing his best to try to express total dedication to Jesus. You know? Now, he, you, knew, you need to understand, Peter has that kind of personality where, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound. He, he's just all in all the time at whatever he's doing. Um, that's part of it. Later, he says, uh, in verse 37, that he will lay down his life for Jesus. And we come to find out that he's not quite as dedicated as he thought he was. Literally, within the next 12 hours, he'll deny him three times. He, he ultimately did do that. His words proved to be true. He did lay down his life for Jesus. And we hear Peter, and we hear his bravado, right? And, oh, yeah, well, everything, Jesus. And we tend to roll our eyes at him. But how many times have we promised Total dedication to the Lord. Only to discover later that we weren't quite as dedicated as we thought. I don't know about you. I grew up going to church camp. Uh, it was one of the highlight of the summer for me. Love going to Maranatha Bible Camp um, in central Missouri. Uh, you know, and, and from the time I was a little kid all the way up through, you know, senior high school. And I cannot tell you how many times... As a young person, especially in the high school years, I remember on, it was usually Wednesday and almost exclusively Thursday night, the final night of camp. They would offer, you know, in the evening service, the preacher would give a come to Jesus kind of sermon and they'd give an invitation and scores of young people would go forward, We fairly large churches that were part of this camp, And they would want to rededicate their life. Over and over and over again, I saw that as a kid. I don't know how many times I saw it. It's a big number. (laughs) And even as a young person, it kind of distressed me when I saw the same kid go up their freshman year and sophomore year and junior year and and I, I just, I didn't live a good life this year and I need to rededicate my life to Jesus. And I'm like, Heather, would you just get your stuff together? <laughs> it's a good thing God has more grace than me. And I think the reason that happened is because those kids could not accept the mind-blowing truth that Jesus simply accepts them. And that you don't have to go forward at camp and do that because you need to rededicate your life every day. That Jesus loves you just the way you are. He loves you too much to let you stay that way. But he accepts you right now just the way you are. He loves you. These kids couldn't accept the truth that Jesus loved them. And maybe you're struggling with that too. You think that you've got to earn your way into Jesus' love like Peter did. That's a lie. A, you can't. And B, that's not how this works. See, at first, Peter resists because the love of Jesus is a threat to his own control. But then once he realizes, oh, 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 you mean I I have to let you do this? Well, then, yeah, and he he wants to just kind of earn his way in. Do the whole thing, Jesus. All of me. The first thing Peter has to do is let Jesus wash his feet. And he's thinking, well, if you wash me, then wash all of me, because that'll earn even more love, right? No, that's not how this works. Listen, trying to earn the love of Jesus is simply another way of resisting the love of Jesus. As long as we're trying to be worthy of his love, we're wasting it. When we're trying to be good enough, we're basically telling Jesus, I don't really need your love, Jesus, I'm good enough. Have you ever noticed how when, as Christians, and if you're a believer in Christ, I'm talking to you, as Christians, when we read this story, we tend to jump too far ahead. When we read this story, we tend to see ourselves in the story as the, in the role of Jesus. Oh, yes, I need to wash feet. You do. You do need to be a servant. But don't get ahead of yourself, church. We, I think sometimes we, we jump the gun. Because at this point in the story, we are not Jesus. <laughs> we are the disciples. At this point in the story, your job is sit down, shut up, and let Jesus love you. When Peter asked Jesus to wash him completely, Jesus tells him in so many words, it's done. I already, I already do love you completely, Peter. How many of us are are, are like Peter, working so hard to get something that's already been given? As believers in Jesus, we belong totally to Him through no effort of our own. The cross is proof of that. Jesus purchased you with His own blood. Romans 6 tells us we are blood bought. You can't earn the acceptance of Jesus. It's simple. Jesus says, just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Acceptance of Jesus is simple. Listen, if you're watching right now and you've never said yes to Jesus, you've never made a decision to acknowledge him as Lord, to be baptized, to have the Spirit of God come into your life, here's what I want you to do. If you're ready to make that decision right now, I want you to type yes in the chat, and one of our pastors will follow up with you this week to talk to you about taking that first step with Jesus. Now, if you're already Christian, you don't need to do that. But if, you, if you're if you watching right now, and you're in the chat, and you're ready to take that step to experience the acceptance of Jesus, to know that if, God forbid, this pandemic takes your life and you close your eyes in this world, that when you open them in the next, you will look into the one who died for you on the cross. If you're ready to take that decision today, just type yes in the chat. One of our pastors will contact you this week and we'll talk to you about your next step with Jesus. We may still have a social distancing mandate, But that doesn't mean we can't schedule an appointment and use appropriate cleanliness and safety methods to do a baptism here. The water's warm right now. (laughs) We're ready to do that if you're ready to take that step. I mean, it's not like you have anything else to do. (laughs) See, many of us have heard God loves you or Jesus loves you so many times, it doesn't mean anything anymore. We're insulated against its impact. We're inoculated against its effect. We're protected from its power. And our thinking goes like this. Well, God is love, so he has to love. That's who he is. That's what he does, right? I mean, yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. I know the song. And then we reflect for a bit and we wonder, I know he loves me but does he like me? And the answer to that question is right there at your feet with a basin and a towel. I heard a story about a little girl named Mary. Mary had a deformed lip, and which gave her a lisp, and also due to some birth trauma, a limp when she walked. You can imagine that public school for Mary was hard. Um, This was many years ago, uh, in the day before there was much of a push to not bully. (laughs) And so, in this time, as part of a hearing test, they would do something called the whisper test. The kids would line up in the hallway and uh, stand in the doorway and the teacher would sit at her desk at the back corner of the classroom and she would whisper something to the, something to the kids and they would repeat it back and that would be the test of their hearing. And so they'd, they'd do that and they'd go sit down. Mary, feeling ashamed, <laughs> was last in line. Um, she had struggled in school. Uh, the teacher knew that. She'd seen how the other kids treated her. Um, they didn't accept her very well. And so all the other kids went through, and they did their test, and they sat down. And it was Mary's turn. And the kids all kind of leaned forward in their seat. What's the teacher going to say? <laughs> Is Mary going to be able to repeat it? And Mary stepped into the doorway, and her teacher looked at her, and in that moment, she just loved her. She was a good student. She was a good kid. She just had a rough, rough go. And that teacher, in in wisdom that probably came from God, looked across the classroom at this little girl named Mary, and she whispered these words, I wish you were my little girl. And Mary's whole demeanor changed. Her eyes brightened. She whispered it back. The other kids started whispering. And she walked with her head held high back to her seat and sat down and was a different kid from that day on. Listen, Jesus has shown his love for us to the extreme. He loves you persistently and passionately. If if you're a Christian, you belong to him. Let him love you. Stop trying to earn what's already been given. And if you're not, if you're not a Christian, then you need to know that Jesus loves you right now. We don't know what the future holds. We don't, I don't know if you're going to get sick or not. And I, so I am pleading with you, get right with Jesus. Receive his, accept, accept his acceptance of you. Acknowledge him as Savior and Lord. And know that when you step into eternity, you go to meet one who loves you with everything he has. He gave his life for you on the cross. Want to know the mind-blowing reason why? Here it is. Here's today's big idea and we're done. Jesus accepts you. He likes you. If Jesus had to pick anybody in the universe to hang out with, He'd pick you. I don't know if Jesus has a refrigerator or not, but if he does, your picture's on it. You know why? He likes you. He accepts you. And you have an opportunity to respond right now. Maybe you typed yes in the chat. We're going to follow up with you this week. Maybe you need to just, as we sing, Sing along if you're able. You might just need to enjoy and revel in the love and acceptance of Jesus. You, you should just do that. Just tell him thank you in prayer. Maybe you've got someone on your heart who's never made that decision. And as we sing, you're going to want to lift them up in prayer and pray that God would get through to them during this time. You might even want to send them this message once it's uploaded to the website. Say I think you need to watch this. First John 4:19 says we love because he first loved us. He loves you. He accepts you. You just have to come to him. You do that. As we sing. Thanks for watching.